Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Legends in the Dark. Before we start tonight, just wanted to say that any clips that you hear on this podcast are protected by their copyright, and we only use them for review and critique. No copyright infringement is intended. So please, enjoy. Fall 1982. The ghostly forms were back, and so were the footsteps. Welcome to another exciting episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Jay. And I am Leslie. Tonight, we bring you a review based on a movie that is based on a book. Tonight, we bring you Grave Secrets or The Haunting of Patty Duke. (laughs) So grab that cup of coffee. What's in your backyard? while we listen to these legends in the dark. Okay, so apologies right now. Air conditioning is on outside for the neighbors. So are children. And so are the children. They weren't out there for about an hour when we were eating lunch and when we were planning on what we were doing and looking over the book. They're not they're not the creepy haunted children that you would expect on this program. They're, yeah, they're yeah, that we that we pre- that we've previously had on this program. Yes. They they're happy playing children and they're not pleasant. <laughs> so but so apologies for all the ambiance, but uh, we're kind of, kind of a late start today because we went and actually had lunch today, which we usually don't do. It was delicious. It really was delicious. You suggested the new place, so super burger. It was it was super good. Haha! See what I did there. Haha! Uh-huh. Free uh-huh. advertisement. <laughs> okay, so everyone, welcome to another episode. I'm really excited about this episode. Yes. Any chance we can get to talk about Patty Duke? Oh, you know what? I really like Patty Duke. And then her son is Sean Austin. Nice. Yeah, so... Old Samwise Gamgee. Yes. I always loved him in Rudy and, like, Toy Soldiers. Little late to be trimming the verge. Yeah. I don't remember that I know, because for all of you listeners out there, Leslie's super lame and she's never watched any good movies. No, I've so. seen Lord of the Rings and the trilogy. I mean, Chris and I watched it. I think I might have Chris honestly... Chris made me watch it. Yeah, Chris made me watch it. To be fair, I bought him the Blu-ray one Black Friday. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, we were uh, we, standing we, we, in we line. Were, yes. We got the last ones, too. I know. And I bought... <laughs> you bought was, one, too. Yeah, that lady was so pissed. Oh, man. That couple? Yeah. They're, hey, when you like, go, Who took all the thing? Do you listen, really need those? Yeah, we do, actually. Listen. You made a choice to go to the TVs first. Right? Who goes to the TVs? Who goes to the TV show section first? You go movies, then TV shows. Seriously. Because I'm sorry, TV shows you can record. Blu-ray three movie trilogy. It wasn't yeah. the extended edition, but that hadn't come out yet. So. No, but still, and it to was be all, fair. And and I still have mine. I still have mine. Well, Chris still has his because I gave it for Christmas. But the best part, why we're so excited about this? How much was it? Twenty bucks. Was it? I thought it was like 99 cents. No, it wasn't 99 cents. Are you high? Like, I could have swore it was like under it was like 99 10 bucks. cents, that would have been like the best deal of the, the century, basically. Like a three-movie Blu-ray collection for 99 cents. 
No. It was probably like maybe 10 bucks at the, yeah. at the most. That, that sounds about right. I just actually. remember it was super, super cheap. And yeah. I remember when I bought it. It was like the only thing on sale that was actually worth getting. Yeah. To and be I, honest. I, and I didn't see anything else. But I was also unemployed at the time and had no money. So 10 bucks was good for me. Well, I remember when I gave it to Chris, then my boyfriend, he was just so like, oh, you shouldn't have spent so much money on me. And then, and I'm like, yeah. Like, I tell you, you're worth it, babe. You're worth it. <laughs> Yeah, I think like, yeah. I think I was like too excited about how much I paid for it, like a good deal that I just told him right. No, no, I got this deal on it. Yeah. I'm I'm one of those people that Leslie loved a good deal. Oh, I still love a good deal. What are you talking about? Everybody does. Oh, I've gotten to the point in my life where I'm like, what's that? I mean, I can get like the entire like Harry Potter movie collection for like thirty dollars. Yes, but do you even watch on DVDs or anything anymore, or do you just stream it? Blu-rays. Oh, we still I, do Blu-rays. I still do Blu-rays. Oh, I I don't. I, I'm I still there are still there are still everything. some movies the streaming services have not yet put on. Hmm. Fair enough. Well, should we get to it of what we're doing today? Yes, let's get into some BHH. When which is Black Hopor. Now, if I time this right, so right now it's September, uh, first week of September, first weekend. This should come out October. We're in move mood for spooky stuff and i told jay that my honestly my go-to movie this time of year is the fog john carpenter's the fog the original mm. there's I, that fog that turns people inside out and i honestly really enjoy the movie grave secrets the legacy of hilltop road mm. i think it's road no hilltop drive and that is the one that's based on the black hope port now if i time this right you would have gotten, listeners, the throwback episode last week when I did the Black Hope Horror, the book, that was by... Oh, the book's over there. Who was it by? Ben Williams, Gene Williams, and John Bruce Schumacher. Yes, and that was the book that... I know what his family used to do for a living. <laughs> well, that was the book that Jay had quoted at the beginning of the... at the top of the show. And last week, we watched... So last week we watched the movie, and then we also watched the Unsolved Mysteries segment about the couple, the two couples in the book, and heard their experiences from their own mouths. And so this week we're going to kind of review it a little bit, go over the book, and also was really excited because it was one of my favorite movies. It was the first time you've seen this movie, right? Yes. Yeah, so I'm really, I can't wait to get your take, because even after we watched it, we kind of talked about it, but we didn't, I told you I didn't want to hear what you thought about it, I really wanted to save it for the podcast. I will say there was only one part of the movie where I was actually like, that is creepy, and I think you know which one it was. I think I know too. But we'll get into that. Okay, well, so as we watched the movie, so going through again, it's Grave Secrets, The Legacy of Hilltop Drive, it does feature Patty Duke. Yeah! And... What's good about this movie? It's on YouTube right now. And what's good about this movie is if you are like me and kind of like those Lifetime movies, that 90s feel of it where, ooh, okay, there's a sweater vest and <laughs> there's a Camaro and, you know. It like just, Camaros before they actually became cool. Well, it's one of those two where it's like she had a baby and I'm like, where did that baby come from? Do they have a seat in the back? Like, And she just stood up. I'm like, was she just holding the baby in her lap? Oh, a different was, time. Was the baby just strapped into the back seat? Like, I don't like, know. Regular-like? 
But it is funny because I, I sometimes love watching those types of um, movies because it's just, it's kind of watching like Mad Men and, you know, the kid is playing with a plastic bag and the mom is <laughs> saying, don't put that over your head. Instead, she's like, did you get that out of my closet? Go put it back. <laughs> it's like, Instead of like screaming at the top of her lungs, like the baby's literally about moments away from death. <laughs> But yeah, it was. Um, oh, there's it, these. There are those people that are walking so, around their house dressed in their full-on dress clothes in the home. Oh yeah, I know. Oh, we just came home from work. Now it's only a two-piece suit instead of three. That's right, and the loafers stay on. Oh yeah, but so yeah, so yeah, it's a little bit cheesy. But you gotta admit, it got pretty good. Well, like a good burger, a little bit of cheese always makes it a little bit better. <laughs> so no, before I get into the questions that we had. What did overall, would you watch it again? I would. Yeah. And I think I probably would do it, watch it solo, just to kind of see if I could get like a good feel for the imposed creepiness. <laughs> like I said, it, it's a 90s movie and, a, you know, we're, we're desensitized as hell, basically. So most of the stuff from like the 80s and 90s, you just watch and it just kind of just goes over your head like, oh, okay, that was supposed to be scary. Cool. All right. I got it. I get you. I get you. See, I love The Fog, not the remake, the John Carmers one, because it's so subtle. And one minute you have, and I love it because it does every legend or ghost story trope in it. Like the, he, he, Jamie Lee Curtis is in the movie and the guy's telling Jamie Lee Curtis about a story about his father finding a boat with no one in it. And the coffee's still piping hot. Well, I mean, for the longest time, I thought that was the legend of Mary Celeste. You know what I mean? Like, I, you've heard all these stories. So, like, it's really great because as someone who loves those types of stories, it's just a nice subtle, like, oh, let's not worry about the evil, the evil possessed child and the doll and the nun. And, I mean, those movies are good and stuff, but it's like sometimes I just need the subtlety. And I think that's why I like Grave Secrets because... It's subtle. Demons. It's subtle. It's Ghosts. so subtle. And speaking of which, so... The first question I have is, what did you think about the perspective of the unknown party? So what I mean by that is, sometimes the camera would take on the third party of someone watching the family. And so the ghost. Yeah, it basically it's implied that it's the ghost. I thought it's a, it's an interesting. I found I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, it kind of gives you a good like that good feel of like there is something else in there with them, and. For whatever reason, it is, it does have its eye on them. And it's not happy. And it's watching them, whatever they're doing. I liked it, I'll be honest, I liked it because there's certain parts in the book where they're talking about, like, what they're feeling. And basically they're coming into the garage and they feel some one watching them or they they go into the bathroom and the toilet is flushing by itself mm -hmm. and it's like what's what's going on and it's like they don't know you know what they're not seeing what's going on and that's kind of what's scaring them is they don't see it and then once they start seeing it then it gets even worse yeah and and it's kind of one of those would you have rather seen it or be kept in the dark it's always funny when you see you know, when you see these movies and stuff, how long it takes peop the people in the movie to go from, oh, you know, I just haven't been sleeping very well lately, so I'm probably just seeing things, to there's some weird stuff going on in this house that lack of sleep just simply cannot explain. Well, and I th thought it was really interesting, too, how they kind of 
try to do all those explanations within the movie like it talks about how they moved into this new house and he's at work the the husband his name is shag and basically they say they have a scene where he's at work and the boss is like hey do you want some overtime and he's like yeah i got a new house to pay for so he's doing these overnights and he's doing overtime and later in the movie it comes back where he's saying hey you know i'm just seeing things and he's telling this to his boss he's like hey listen you moved in a new house your daughter has cancer you know you you took in your granddaughter and you're working these night shifts of course you're stressed you probably just need rest and and so it's like I liked how the movie kind of did that, like, not in a way that was mean, where people were like, oh, God, you're, like, you're so crazy for thinking that or More seeing sympathetic. That. It was yes. Like, like, you know what, you're probably just, you need to, you need to relax. You need to take some time off and just be like, decompress. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I like that, that part where the movie, you got to admit, because you kind of mentioned it, you're like, is this going to, this is kind of a slow pace kind of thing. And I said it starts revving up. And it really did. Yeah. Well, it's like anything from the 90s. It's usually a slow burn. Yeah. Okay, so in the very brief mention, in the beginning of the, the movie, there is a mention of when the daughter and the granddaughter are driving through the neighborhood. And when they get to the house, the Shag and Patty Duke's character, I can't remember her name now, but the two, uh, Jean, is her character's name is Jean. So Shag and Jean are doing like a open house, welcome home, or welcome, what's that house called? Housewarming. House, thank you. Housewarming party with the neighbors. And like the book, you find out who all the neighbors are, what they do, and where they live. And these are the, later in the book, these are the neighbors who are affected the most. And then you meet the, the daughter and the granddaughter come in. And the daughter mentions wow, there was nothing but sunshine all through our trip except when you come come down your street. And then that's it. It was so brief, like you don't even, really even hear it. Carly, oh, I'm so glad to see you. I'm afraid you wouldn't make it. We missed you, sweetheart. What a weird storm. Walk away, the sun's out, and here it's like we're under a faucet. Patty Duke and Shag are like, oh, it's our granddaughter, and... and mm pouring rain all yeah. of a sudden. Now in the book, and I believe I had uh, in the throwback episode read, um, read a story that she talks about coming home in such a downpour that she actually had to pull her car over, walk home in the rain, come in, her daughter was sick, her granddaughter was with her daughter and they were in bed. She comes in and she's like drying off and she's like, oh, well, I'm gonna get in bed too because I'm gonna be warm. And they hear the door open the door shut, and footsteps down the hallway. Now, slow footsteps. Slow footsteps. Now, that was in the book. I know I read it. That scene was in the movie. It wasn't exactly how it was in the book, but I thought they did that scene really well. That was the one that I thought was creepy, right? Where it had the the gape, gaping mouth silhouette, like kind of like go that, across the... the go- that was a little bit later. I mean, that's the same thing. That's the same scene, though, because they, they, it was like... There was two scenes like that, yeah. So there was one they were, scene. They were, they were all in, I remember they were all in the bed, and then she wakes up, and she's looking, and they... And she's, it, it, the creepiest part was the fact that for some reason, it, show, it shows the silhouette of a man, right? And his mouth's hanging open. It's just like, uh... It was like, 
okay, that's weird. So they actually used that silhouette twice. Remember, she was putting groceries away. It was on the refrigerator. It was on the refrigerator. And you said that's when you you were watching this and you were kind of like, whatever. It was probably about 20 minutes in and you're like, whatever. And all of a sudden you saw that and you're like, oh, that's creepy. Yeah. And that was something you said you didn't want to That was creepy and then the second one was even more creepy. Yeah. And so the scene I'm talking about is where the door was open and they both were like... They also showed it in the Unsolved Mysteries. But the scene with when they mentioned those little... Basically, my question is, they mentioned these subtle scenes that were in the book. What do you think of them being so subtle? Or should you should they have been more like, we got to amp it up? Like, always have this rain being around? Or what well, do you think? I feel like subtle is good. People don't do subtle as well as they used to. I feel like a lot of it is just because of the fact that, like I said, people are desensitized and now subtle doesn't work for a lot of people to get them like, ah, you know, like get them scared. Like back in the day, like you could be like, you know, you could just do the occasional jump scare, you know, like some the the, the killer or ghost or whatever pops up and they're like, ah, you know, and it, it was it was fine. You know, subtle was good. That subtle word. Now it's like it's almost like formulaic. You know, you ever you see the the horror movies and it's like dead quiet and they're just walking and then all of a sudden just like this this bah you know and and it just pops up and you're just like you're almost you're just expecting it you're like okay i already know three two one boom here we go yeah i do like the subtle ones where you're watching it instead of a pop-up you'll have like almost like creepy okay like in the movie there's a scene where she talks about again foreshadowing she talks about how her dryer was on the like on the blink yeah and so she tells her daughter i've been having to put the hang up art sheets and stuff outside Mm -hmm. yeah i remember that and then she's outside doing her laundry and then the sheets blowing in the wind yeah like she looks everything else is like dead calm yeah, all she the other lifts, clothes aren't moving at all. Yeah, there's she is going like there's a big windstorm, and she lifts up a little face towel, hand towel, and the, there's no wind around it. And like, see that, that creeps me yeah, out. Yeah, that kind of stuff is good. Things that like the, like like you said, they, little things like that, or things that you just you can barely catch in the background going on, like the silhouette on the refrigerator. Like if yeah. you just if you blinked, you would miss it. They have the. Like, they have the one where, um, and again, this was in the book, where they talk about snakes. I mean, she has that where she gets scared by the snake, mm. and then literally the snake just slithers out the garage. The garage door opens, <laughs> slithers out, and the garage door shuts. And, like and I Satan, remember, Satan? Yeah, I remember you looked at me, you're like, was that in the book? And I'm like, yeah. They, she said that like there was these, they had ants that they could not get rid of, which I was like, well, to be fair, I've been in a house like that where I just, no matter... Plus it's in Texas, right? It's in Texas, yes. Yeah, there's all, kind, there's, there's all kinds of stuff like that in Texas. So, you know what, actually, I should mention this. So, for those of you who didn't listen to the throwback episode, the Black Hope Horror involves a family who bought a new house in the 80s in i think it was newport texas so this is this all happens in the u.s in texas the movie on the other hand involves the people who were next was it across the street yeah so there's about two so there's two families who came out with the story one family sued the developer and a lot of the story and information came from their public record of what was reported this other family shag and gene the one that uh they did the book and because they did the book the movie had more of their story with which only touched on the other story but with a 
Unsolved Mysteries, they did both neighbors' stories. So you kind of saw both perspectives. And the thing is, is so this couple, these couples, the next scene basically, so you, you learn all, like how the movie set up is, all these weird experiences. So you're just thinking haunted house. But the thing is, the neighbors across the street, the ones who sued, not the ones who, uh, not Gene and Shag, not Patty Duke. Basically, Patty Duke comes out one day because there's this backhoe coming down the street and she thinks it's something for her uh, lights because her street light keeps going on and off and it's almost like it was a weird pattern and her granddaughter who was living with her said, oh yeah, we asked, the neighborhood kids ask it questions and it blinks once for yes and twice for no. And again, in the book, this would happen. And so they come to find out the backhoe is for the neighbors, the ones who end up suing. And it goes back there. And before they even start digging, the neighbor is told by a man that there are bodies buried in his backyard. Excuse me. Can I help you? You can't dig here. Beg your pardon? This here's sacred ground. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's my backyard. There's two bodies buried where you fixing to dig. Two bodies. That's right. Betty and Charlie Thomas. Betty and Charlie Thomas. Oh, what are you... Man over there said there's two bodies buried back here. What man? Uh, where'd he go? And in the movie, it's creepy because the guy disappears like that, like a blink of an eye. Because they turn back, they tell the operator, hey, they said there's bodies here. They turn back and he's gone. In Unsolved Mysteries, the guy kind of like is there the whole time, I guess, and then just leaves. So it's not quite clear. In the m book, we almost read it, but it's the same thing. He just, it, he just leaves and they don't ever find him again. So that's why it's kind of like, well, who was this guy? So you come to find out this man was right. There's bodies buried in the backyard. Gene does research, found out the, the family who gave this land or sold the land to the developers had uh, used to own slaves. And when they were set free, they made a little settlement, including a church, a school, and a graveyard and guess where the neighborhood is, is built on exactly and so it's one of those like ugh, sickening like just thinking about like what these people went through and now you're literally building on top of this and there was legal battles uh the book has the public record has the articles it's just this ongoing story for these people <laughs> The people had almost had more, almost had as much trouble with with the legal with the legal people as they did with the ghosts. Yes, exactly. And anyway, their stories both end. Each neighbor's story kind of ends tragically, in the sense of they one. Lost everything. Yeah, one lost everything. I think basically had to declare bankruptcy, and the other one lost six family members. And some of them was, and I know I said this on the on the podcasts but some of them had a really rare i think like cancer or blood disease and i think it was like the brother first of like shags or her and then like a year late he died and exactly a year later 
the father also had the same, this weird, rare, 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 rare genetic disease. And then like a year later, exactly on the day he passes, the same as the son. Like it was, it was like really crazy with the coincidences. And the last one that was, and how the movie ends basically is their daughter who was sick, had cancer, recovered, got married in the movie, got married. And then um, she, Jean was basically upset that the, the lawsuit wasn't going anywhere, decided she was going to dig up the graves in the backyard to prove that there was bodies back there, which is illegal in Texas. And her daughter went out to help her and then she wasn't feeling good. So she went back in. Turns out she was having a heart attack. They called 911. And I remember specifically in the book, it said that the ambulance got lost there. So yeah. it took longer. And on the way back uh, to the hospital. And they got lost on the way back to the hospital. But technically in the movie, she didn't really go out to help her mom. She just went out to scream she, at her mom and tell her to stop doing what she was doing. Yeah. She was being crazy. Yeah. But so, and that's basically the movie is this one. And the book is the same way, but the book goes into so much more detail. And even though it's not covered, like one third of the book is, is not covered in the movie. It was still to me covered pretty well. So, okay. So I have another question. What did you think about the flushing toilets? And here's mine. So for the for viewers, what was happened was the toilet was flushing and Patty Duke would hear it and she would call out the plumbers and they basically told her toilets don't flush on their own. And it wasn't going like it was running and you just hear it running. It was actual flushing, draining the toilet, and then coming back. But you never saw the le the lever getting pulled. No, you never saw the lever. Okay, you know what? I did. I wrote my notes a week ago, and I don't know what I meant because here's my thoughts. It says, "Like it's new, something to try and keep trying." I have no idea what I <laughs> like. Oh, oh, okay. I think I meant the ghosts. Like maybe the ghosts are experimenting. Yeah, like oh, hey, indoor plumbing. I want to just like, keep flushing this. This is different. <laughs> so, what, what did you think about the flushing toilet scenes? Uh, I would. I, it, it would be unnerving. Probably more annoying at first, like, because you sit there, you know, you because, you know, people, you have plumbing and electrical problems in a new house or even an old house. And sometimes you would probably overlook something like that and be like, okay, well, this isn't, this is just, this is just obnoxious. You know, like, let me just call the plumber out and have him, then the plumber will tell you, oh, toilets don't flush on their own. Like, well, well, no, well, no, duh. Like, I know that. That's why I'm asking you to fix it. <laughs> That's why I called you here. But, uh, you know, if it keeps going on and on and on and on and on, it's like, yeah, now, now it's weird. Yeah. And the fact that nobody believes me that this is happening because I'm the only one that's hearing it, now it's getting creepy. So, yeah. So, so if anyone's ever seen the Unsolved Mysteries, you know what it is, is Robert Stack. Those, what did Robert you call him? Stack. The dulcet tones of the Robert Stack. Dulcet tones of Robert Stack. Well, if you've ever seen it, it's basically the 80s one, and this one was done actually in the 90s, but what happens is they tell their story, they do the reenactments. So in the movie, they did the flushing toilets. In the clips, the reenactments, 
they did it the the same thing they talked about the flushing toilets now they added a new type of not new type but they added a new little grain of information which again is in the book but uh i thought unsolved mysteries kind of did it creepier because it had their granddaughter who lived with them and she basically and she was probably in her 20s now and she basically talked about hearing voices oh yeah well, she said like she couldn't really understand what they're saying, but it sounded like there was somebody there was there was a conversation happening or something like that. Yeah, basically they heard the flush toilet. They would go and look at the flush toilet to see what was going on, and that's when she said she would hear the voices. <laughs> but the voices are actually conversating. She's like, "Well, how many times do we gotta flush this damn toilet before these people move out?" I, you know what? I think that would be so creepy because like one, the adults weren't hearing it. But you know, her, say like kids are more sensitive to that kind of thing, anyways. Oh yeah, and in the book she is more sensitive, um, and in the movie as well it showed it because they were talking to the street lamp. Well, that and in the book they had the mother-in-law come with live with them, which was in the movie, and the mother-in-law and the kid basically were like, "There's something here," and they like told the parents and basically like, "Oh guys, it's okay. It's just a new house. It's just the house settling." And it was like... What does that mean exactly, the house settling? Did we rebuilt on sand? (laughs) We literally built on a foundation of solid earth. Why are you saying that it needs to settle? I think it's kind of like when you hear weird noises. Like, it's just the pipes. I'm like, what? I don't have pipes that do that. Like, you're telling me modern day pipes still make these noises? (laughs) These are brand new freaky pipes. They're plastic. They're PCP. I was like, get the building contractor out here. Talk to him about the material. Like, did you buy? Did you buy these pipes from like a from a haunted pipe dealer oh, or something? Oh yeah, too? you don't, you don't know Rusty, who sells. <laughs> yeah, that was a he joke. He sells paranormal paranormal pipes. I know. I was I was a joke within the joke. I, I love that. Like we sell pipes to haunted houses and. Well, anyway, I thought Unsolved Mysteries did the scene better. Like it was scary as yeah, unsolved, heck. Unsolved Mysteries was just amazing. It was just great at just making creepy things creepy. You know, it's like oh yeah. Especially you have Robert Stack, who, to his credit, can pull off a trench coat no matter what environment he's standing. Oh, in. I know. Is this a police station? Am I? <laughs> is he out outside? In the Mo- is he out in the Mojave Desert? Who cares? Yeah. Robert is he Stack. on the English Moor side with fog? Whatever. He could do anything in that trench coat. Right. And like he it's will. classic trench coat time too. When you saw anything. It. <laughs> all right moving on so we talked about the family Ill- illnesses in the movie they just touch on one of the family members and they basically made it sound and what i believe the family also believed that whatever spirits were in the house were really trying to get to the people but i also don't know if other neighbors were experiencing that because in the book again this family had six deaths rapidly like i think they only lived in the house four years and six family members in four years that's that's a huge amount Mm -hmm. and they did it really well both they talked about it both in the unsolved mysteries and in the movie but really with just the the daughter what do you think like of that like when you hear about paranormal hauntings people say they feel nauseous or some places headaches headaches They'll get chills. Um, chills. They'll they'll be scratched. They'll they'll feel that. But this is the first time I'll be honest that I really heard people getting sick who like would just come and visit or would stay because 
I think one, they were saying, like, one stayed for a week for vacation or something, and they were so sick, and they left, and when they got back home, they were like, yeah, I don't know what it was, but I was just sick there. Even the mother-in-law who moved in was like, yeah, I don't want to live here anymore, and I moved to, like, Colorado or Montana with, like, the other son. So it's it's one of those things, like, what do you think that is? Do you think there is a, a thing that spirits can manifest that? Or do you think it's because their house was basically on a grave? Well, I would say possibly is a chance that spirits can just manifest that because it's like you have, I mean, they, literally you have living and non-living in the same area. And I feel like maybe that's like a contradiction of energies. There's, their energy is different than ours. So it's like when it comes in contact, it messes ours up. You know what? I never thought of that. That's interesting. Like, I mean, it would say if it was if if it was like a new graveyard and there was still like rotting corpses down there with gases escaping and stuff like that, I'd be like, okay, that that could be a problem too. But those things have been those things have been buried in the ground for a long, long time. I mean, even in the unsolved mysteries one, when they said when they dug it up and like the bones were literally just turning to dust, like yeah. most of the skeletons weren't even there anymore. So it's like probably not a lot of chance of like noxious gases escaping this this land all that much maybe yeah i mean i just found it really fascinating that it was basically this family who never had a history of cancer never had history of genetic disease never had basically these were the people who yeah the people who would say even in the movie they said we come from strong stock you know and it's (laughs) our experience nobody comes from strong (laughs) stock everybody can get something yeah but for them it was just so the coincidences of the same rare quote-unquote disease and i'm only quoting in in because it was like two people in the same family a year apart exactly on the day the, the, what would be even creepier is like, I know that they said, oh, it's it's a rare disease. But what if they what if they had all been dying of a disease that they couldn't even diagnose? It could be. I mean, it's the '80s. It was still. I mean, medicine was was advanced, but it wasn't as advanced as like what we have today, where like now you could see what your genetic makeup is and what you might be predisposed to. So like it it there's a lot of coincidences, but I think with the Gene and Shag story about. Them find out so in the in the movie there's a lot of research and they go to the small African American settlement that there's still people because remember this is the 80s and I guess the cemetery was stopped being used in what the 1930s was the last burial so really this is not even 50 years like you know that they that they had. So they talk to people around there and just finding out about like the the bodies and about the families. And I thought the movie did it real well where it was basically trying to, hey, what's going on? Then there's a great scene where you wanna know what I love. The scene where she basically says, I wanna get the neighbors together and tell them that this developer put it on a gravesite. And they get, they basically have like a barbecue, a street barbecue, and people are outside and like one half of the street, which is like the far end of the street, like the beginning of the cul-de-sac, because this is a cul-de-sac, was basically saying, you know what, we haven't experienced anything. I think you guys are just making, you know, a mountain of a mohill. You find two bodies and all of a sudden we're on a grave site. It's like, really? <laughs> like the fact that I found two bodies and that's bad enough. Right. I don't need to find more. Two is good. <laughs> 
And then, then you have the other side, the end of the cul-de-sac, and this is where Jean and the other couple is who are suing, and I forget their names, I have to look them up, but, and they all sit around and they talk about what they're experiencing, and they were all scared to until someone said, you know what, I hear footsteps. I don't, there's no one in my house, and I hear footsteps. I'm not saying we've got ghosts, but we've had some weird things happen. Like what? Well, sometimes the TV comes on by itself. We once saw Zeke's robot race across the floor with no batteries in it. No, that's pretty big. Our TV switches channels. And sometimes our toilets flush. Your toilets flush? Once I came home and the bath water was turned on. Jack! Come on over here a minute and listen to this. We've had screens pop off the house. Dishes fly out of the cupboard, cracked in the ceiling. We talked about it, and we decided that uh, it's uh, vibrations from oil field explosions in the ground. We said it might be. Well, it certainly has nothing to do with living on a cemetery. Then how do you explain the ghosts? There weren't any ghosts. You saw them. I didn't see them. They were right there at the foot of our bed, three ghosts. I woke you up, you saw them, damn it, I know you did. And then like said, the toilet keeps flushing. Yes, and one of the and and Jean was like, "Oh my gosh, the toilet flushes in our house." And so, like literally, that is what like when I'm at a party, and literally there is a Vincent Price from House on a Haunted Hill says, "Come to this party. We have food and drinks and ghosts." Like <laughs> literally, you had me at ghosts or you had me at drinks, but you know I'll take the ghosts. You should know the confines of the grave could never contain me. <laughs> <laughs> But like that, if you want to know what I like at a party, so I can go. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is interesting. Oh, you guys had you got other... you've got a haunted house. You've got a haunted house. Oh, you got no, no, no. House? It's it's kind of like, oh, okay. You guys got kids, so that's cool. You guys got a couple dogs. Oh, those are cute dogs. You have ghosts. Oh, tell me more. So like, what happens here? <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm feeling like you know, like I'm feeling like like grease. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> Does it flush your toilet? Tell me more. Tell me more. Which is funny. That's the second time I've heard this song today with another friend I was hanging out with. She actually started playing that for her daughters, which that was kind of an odd choice for them. Yeah, since but... it's basically like a song about a couple doing it. Yeah. Well, I don't even think. Anyway, I'm not going to go down that. <laughs> That's another story and another rant. But my That's a point. Dark, being... dark path. That we yeah, work. I am not going to go down in Greece. But anyway. I digress. Let's get back to the point, which I don't even know what the point was for. The, oh, no. So the, all the neighbors. So literally that would be me be like, okay, who's having the haunted house? Like, and I remember this one neighbor was all like, well, we don't really want to talk about it. Like the one, there was one wife who's like, like the husband was like, tell, tell them you saw the couple who's like, basically he's telling the story of they're in bed one night and he rolls over and he wakes up and there is a couple, a man and woman at the end of the bed staring at them. And the wife was all like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't want to talk about it. And like he's sitting there like talking to Patty Doo, like this is what I experienced. And later, he is packing up his car because one by one the neighbors just leave and they can't sell the house. They, um, they lose their investment. They lose like, their investment entirely. And I just remember, and I think they actually mentioned it in the book. And I, I wish I could um, knew what part it was in the book, but they see him moving out and they basically ask him. I don't know what his name is, but I want to call him Tex because he had like the, the boots, and he said he was from like um, Dallas or something originally. What was his name like Chet or something? Chet like that? or something like that, yeah. But the whole thing of okay, let's call him Chet. So anything with Chet, 
And this actor is the one who played in like Boy Meets World as Sean's dad, yeah. and like he's he's a really well known actor. You would know him. He has that. He was in uh, Tool Time. Oh he played, yeah, yeah. He played the Harry, I think the um, tool shop owner. That's right. Yeah, and so he's a well known actor. So he's a good actor, and he sits there and he just. I got scared with just how he was telling the story. He says, they say, oh, are you really giving up? Are you moving? And I don't remember the wife's name. Let's just call him Mary. Oh, yeah. She, like, just, they say something happened while he was gone or at work or something like that. Yeah, and then she just left. Yes, yeah, I was gone for a week on business. I come home and Mary left. Clothes aren't something happened one night. She won't talk about it. But, like, how he's telling it, it's like a matter of fact thing. But, like, how he tells it in his, like, gravelly voice was like, she won't talk she about won't it. Talk about it. And, but it's like it's like oh my gosh, how scary was it that she had to like she left the house, and it's already kind of confirmed earlier in the story that they saw figures. I don't think you're going to find any takers, WD. I don't have any choice. I was out of town for a week. I came back. Darcy's gone. Left in the middle of the night. Something spooked her. I don't know what. She won't talk about it. Won't even admit it. She just took what she needed and left. And I know in the book they talked about one of the families, and I think it was this family, seeing a couple walking around or stay like basically standing in the living room watching them in the kitchen or watching them like you would be walking down the stairs and it was just this african-american couple standing at the end just watching them ghosts just like to stare at you oh god you know that's the creepiest thing like you don't even have to do anything do you just sit there staring i don't like when living people stare at me i hate when i'm doing something because chris will do that when i'm trying to cook and he'll just sit there and stare but he's staring because he wants to critique how i'm cutting like a tomato which i really cut tomatoes crappy (laughs) but like the thing is is like it if he's not saying anything like giving me direction stuff and he's just sitting there staring i finally like stop him like can i help you like, it's just this one of those things where I'm like... Just go back to your video game. <laughs> but, like, it's it's one of those things where, uh, yeah, he tells that story earlier where it freaks out the wife. Like, I don't want to talk about it. And then the wife leaves. Like, what did she see? And just that it's only 30 seconds in the film. But, again, subtlety. Because you're already thinking... Like, Alfred Hitchcock is the one who said it. You know, basically, don't show him. Tell him. And it's... Leave them wanting more. Exactly. It's like my imagination is going to come up with 10 different worse scenarios than what they can show me. Right. Like you're sitting there staring at me. I'm not sure what's coming after that. It could be good. It could be bad. It could be horrible. I don't know what's going to happen when that go- when that ghost couple is tired of just staring at me and then decide to do something when my back is turned. Well, and it was really, in the movie, it escalates. So, like, you said it was kind of boring at first. It was a slow burn because they move in. It's just she's wearing, like, three sweaters because it's so cold. He comes in and he's like, you it's have like this. It's 80 degrees in here. I know. Like, that's just such a dad thing to say. That was 80 Who touched the thermostat? <laughs> but, yeah, so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, it's subtle. Weird, weird um, temperature changes. Everyone has that. 
Then it goes with uh, the birds. Oh, I forgot about the birds. They had some pet birds who... Oh, yeah, the birds just died, and they had they had cockroaches in their cage. Yeah, and the cockroaches basically attacked the birds. And later, Shag sees the birds in the corner, and he does, like, this double blink. Oh, and, he like, reaches out for And them. then he tries to reach out for them, and they disappear. And he just doesn't, like, that's when he thinks... Well, he, 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 they don't really disappear. It's like something gets his attention from behind. Yeah, Patty Duke comes in. And then in. he turns around and they're gone. Yeah, Patty Duke comes in and turns on the light and he's like, oh, I was thirsty. And then when he turns back, they're gone. And he he must have told his, his super... Which is really funny because he told his supervisor about it. I never thought of this. He told his supervisor <laughs> about it. You're not my supervisor! <laughs> well, but, but then what's funny is he has another really scary experience... And he finally tells Patty Duke, like, he finally tells his wife, Jean, like, this is what's going on. And she's like, well, this is what's going on with me. And in the book, they do the same thing. Like, why didn't we tell each other sooner? And then I realized just now, I'm like, oh, he totally oh. told his Oh, and then there was, a, there was a whole scene when, when Shag's in the garage. Remember? Yes. And he's, like, working on the car or doing something. And then all of a sudden, like, this wind starts blowing and he's like oh and then like this this group of faces or something like comes flying out at him and he's which like, was ah! in the which was in the book and how they describe it in the book and i can't remember if we did in the throwback episode because i didn't review it yet well, the, but it was four men he said he saw i think or four faces that basically come to kind of towards him and it was in the book, and it was my favorite scene in the book, and this is how I remember. I haven't read the book in, like, two years, and this is still, and it wasn't in the movie. It wasn't in Unsolved Mysteries. But I think I said the story in the, um, in the throwback episode. I hope I did. My favorite scene I still remember to this day is he basically thinks he saw someone in, sitting in his car, and the garage door keeps going up and down, up and down. It kind of touches on it in the movie, but... In the book, he talks about how he gets out one day, and the garage door is going up. And he looks back, and he sees someone sitting in his car, like a shadow. And so he turns on the light; the shadow's gone. And so he turns the the like the light off, and the shadow's there. Kind of like you know, that's a famous scene, all those famous movies. But the, here's the thing: he knows he puts the garage door opener on his visor, so he goes over because the garage door just went up. He goes over; it's on his seat. Well, he's like. It just fell off. So he gets it. He takes it inside because he's like, maybe the battery is going on it. And he takes it inside and the garage door goes up. And he comes back out and it's like, the guy's, like, there's a shadow in the car again. It's like he kept seeing the shadows in the garage in his car. And whenever I, after I read that book, I remember I had to read it at work. But I remember having to, like, go into my garage for something and turn on the lights, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to look at my car. Get in my car, I'll just like look over here at this other side while I'm getting this. But I feel like that every time I'm sitting there and like I hear a noise like coming from like the office area or the bedroom or something. It's probably like the neighbors outside doing whatever, because you know it's an apartment complex, so we can pretty much hear anything that's going on in most of the other buildings that are right next to us. And but I won't know right away, and I'll think like I hear this noise, and I'm like. I'm just going to sit here in the living room. Whatever's going on in that room is none of my business. Okay, so I know I know your fiancé doesn't want to talk about it, and you, I could cut this if not, but I have to ask you, you told me a scary story about your apartment. where and So we're going to digress just for a minute. I the, what, what was happening is that she would be home, right? And she'd be in bed or in another room or something like that. 
I'm in the living room sitting there watching TV or playing a game or doing, you know, doing whatever it is I'm doing. And I would think I, I heard her call my name. Like, like, JJ. You know, and I'll be like, like, get up. I'm like, oh, let me go see you. And I go walk into the bedroom and see her. Like, like, yeah, babe, did you call me? And she's like, no. And I'm like, I heard you call my name. And she's like, I didn't say anything. I've been sitting here watching YouTube like the whole this whole time or something like that and then she told me because she she grew up her 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 dad was like a pastor so she grew up like this like you know this no nonsense don't mess with this kind of stuff kind of environment right because if you speak it it brings it 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 draws it in or something like that so she's like if you hear something like that don't respond to it. Which is, I've heard that before. and Because it means that something's trying to come and get you. And that you're giving them that in. Like, to to come in and snag you snag you up or do something bad to you or do something. Be knowledge. Like, yeah. I, I, we had those stories where the co-worker... Actually, oh my gosh. Did I tell you about the what happened to us in North Carolina? Mm-mm. Okay, so another digression before we go back. So... Chris and I just recently spent some time in Washington, D.C. and North Carolina. By the way, I want to give my own little top top sell North Carolina, or I think they call it top soul, uh, shout out because you guys, really nice people. We went to visit some family friends, and they live in Washington, D.C. So we were there for a couple days before we went to North Carolina, but we were in the house, and... Chris's friend was talking about how, I don't know, we weren't, I don't know what we were talking about ghosts with. Maybe I was just telling them I would love to, like, go somewhere to see, because Washington, D.C. went to go see a lot of landmarks, and I wouldn't mind go somewhere to see where I know it's haunted. And we just didn't have the time. But we got on the subject, and she told us that it's some, it's weird because sometimes she'll be in the house, and she could, and they have a four year old, and she thinks, it's oh no 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 no! i remember what happened their daughter they were showing that they had like a finished basement and their daughter was saying that they she named something she's like oh it's it's peppers and we're like oh who's peppers oh the dog downstairs and like chris and i were like okay it probably me she has an amazing she has an amazing imagination so but it was just weird and and that's when um chris's friend was said yeah you know sometimes it's weird because sometimes i think i hear her like crying or laughing and she's not but you know what it's probably it's probably just like echoes from the neighborhood and we're like oh okay so fast forward to like the next day my mom had sent me a video of my nephew and chris knew that and i just hadn't had a chance to watch it and so later, I come downstairs, and they were talking, but they were, like, it was just, like, they were kind of quiet, which, you know, if you know both of them, they're, they're really good friends, so, like, wasn't sure why they were quiet. But then we started playing with their daughter, his, uh, her daughter, and um, talking to her husband and stuff, so forgot about it. And so later, I started watching the video for my mom, and he's like, oh, didn't you already watch that? And I said, no, I haven't had a chance. It's my first chance all day to watch you know, my nephew, who's about one years old, this little video of him walking or trying to walk. And so Chris is kind of watching it. And he's like, well, he laughs in it, right? And I said, no, why? He says, 
were you watching that earlier? Like before you got up? I'm like, no, I was in the bedroom talking to my mom on the phone. And she, he's like, well, you were laughing, right? And I'm like, no, we were having a serious conversation. And he's like, oh. And I'm like, what's going on? It says, we thought you were watching the kid's video or like your nephew's video because we heard kids laughing in the house. And we thought it was you watching a video. And I was like, oh my God, are you serious? And like long time listeners to this podcast, Chris is very skeptical. He'll find any reason. So like right away, boom. Oh, it's Leslie watching a YouTube video. And me telling him like I wasn't watching YouTube. I wasn't watching a video of my nephew. I was having a serious conversation with no laughter. Yeah. Like, uh, so like Chris even said, hmm, okay. And then like the kid being like, who's Pepper? Oh, it's the dog downstairs. (laughs) And we found out later they they had like a crawl space downstairs. And I told Chris, I'm like... Well, something died. Oh, the house was like very open and very like loving. So it's not like a creepy house or anything like that. I didn't feel anything, but it was just really like funny how Chris was like, he thought I, seriously, he thought I was pulling his chain. He's like, you saw this video. I'm like, I'm telling you, I didn't. I wouldn't do that to you guys because you know how I don't like fake stuff. I don't like, like, it's fun. It's funny if it's a joke, but like something like that, I wouldn't joke with. Right. But I digress. Uh, going back to the movie. So now we have the movie. We had scary scenes. The shadow of a man in the hallway. Shadows on the refrigerator and turning around and there's no one there. Flying faces. Flying faces. The garage going up and down. Snakes. Snakes, birds, illnesses. So that was Grave Secrets. That was the movie. Unsolved Mysteries. Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries is going to be quick. So basically, Shag and Jean tell the same stories. Uh, Guess, again, the best one was the toilet because the daughter, granddaughter was basically saying, yeah, I totally heard voices. Now, the other side of the story is the other couple. Now, this other couple in the movie, they basically said, we can't talk about it because we had a gag order. And in the book... They have the real public records and copies of the newspaper, but basically find out that this couple sued the developer. The developer turned back, sued them. They actually win the court case about, you know, having these two bodies in their yard. And then, what, three days later, the court reverses itself, and they end up having to pay court costs in an amount, and this is 1980s, in the amount of $50,000. Which really doesn't even make any sense. Like, the court would be like, wow, so... You have two bodies there. We made this ruling, and unless we had a really good reason to overturn this, we shouldn't really have to... We shouldn't really overturn this. Yeah. So, I I think somebody bribed somebody. Had to be. Like, in... I think in their court case, they they talked about how... It wasn't so much about the experiences, but it was also... It was basically about you knew there was two graves here... And you built on this. And you didn't do anything. And their evidence was when they were building the house, the construction workers had, like, were removing gravestones. And I guess there was one they were talking about how, in the book, they were talking about how there was one construction worker who would have, like, this smug kind of like, that's a special garage. Yeah, there's bodies under that garage. And they were like, whatever, you weirdo. Like, like, why would you say something like that? And basically, like, the construction workers knew 
so obviously the developers knew and i think that was their their legal basis i don't know i haven't read the public record i know i'm speculating based on the book but in the unsolved mysteries they do talk about that and what their experience experiences were about finding the bodies finding out it was this couple and then basically their experience was one night they had a lot of different ones but the scariest one to me was but it was also really sweet i thought was one night they heard the door open and shut she was alone the wife was alone and she thought it was her husband come in so she called for him no answer she goes out there everything's door is shut husband comes home she's like i thought you came home early he does a little sweep around the house nothing out of place the next day she goes to go find these pair of red shoes she can't find them and when they were looking around he's like they're outside and they go outside and they're on basically the grave of because they killed they still kept them interred and basically covered that like they turned the bodies back they basically acknowledged that there was two graves in their backyard and the shoes were on that one grave and we found out that the wife of the couple loved the color red mm-hmm. so it was one of those things where I, was I don't care what color shoes you like, you leave my stuff alone. <laughs> but yeah, so their experiences, like that's basically Unsolved Mysteries was the experiences we were just talking about, the story of basically giving up, moving out, losing everything, losing and everything to start over again, basically. Like as the one woman said, we went somewhere where there was happiness and light, and we were loved, and we never looked back, and. Out of the two, Grave Secrets and Unsolved Mysteries, one, which one do you think is scarier to watch like as a movie with popcorn and stuff? And two, which one do you think did better of telling the story? Well, obviously the movie's better for, you know, just sitting back and enjoying it with some popcorn because you can't watch popcorn with Unsolved Mysteries. It's just not that kind of program. Dude, I, I disagree. I totally watch if you're, that. If you're going to watch like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, as a series, like you're gonna binge watch like episodes upon episodes, then yes, I agree yeah. with you. Just for one episode, no, I would say it's a good like yeah. You want to get like yourself a nice like a nice tasty beverage, you know, sit there just sip on your beverage for the hour or whatever, and then be like, okay, cool, that was a good episode. Movie, I- I'm always down for a bowl of popcorn for a movie. I will. I think the Unsolved Mysteries did better at telling the story because one, it's from their own mouth. It's like it's they actually interviewed both couples and plus the granddaughter, and telling the stories in their own words is just like it's it's of course it's always amazing, but you, you get that sense of how terrified they were. Oh yeah, oh yeah, especially the one who played Jean. She was just like, I had no like, and there's a scene where, and maybe because it's Texas. She made, heard the door shut, and she's with her granddaughter, and she's like, stay here, and, like, gets a gun, the spare gun, and, like, goes to see. And it's kind of one... I'm not saying it's just in Texas. I mean, I, I know a lot of people in California um, with their own protection from the home. But what I'm saying, though, is it's one of those things where that... Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there would be people sneaking in the house, but it's really scary to think about when there's no one there. You know what I mean? It's already scary if you think someone's breaking in that you get the gun and you have to like go find out where it's 
like, but there's all the doors are locked oh, yeah. and shut. And that, that was scary. And that whole scene where like Shag just busts out a revolver under from underneath his pillow. Like, oh yeah. I'm like, like, damn, man. People in Texas in the '80s were just ready for anything, weren't they? Oh, they were like, serious about their protection. <laughs> well, and and I think also it was a little bit scary because like they're scared with everyone. They're scared of it's a real person breaking in. To find out it's not a real person, that's terrifying. You, yeah, because you can't do anything about it. Yeah, your gun ev- is not going to help. And everybody else is, everybody's just going to think you're nuts. Except for the people who are having the same experiences. But you can't go to authorities or anything like that. Maybe your priest or and something. I don't even think, like they talked about like not being too religious or their religion didn't really Oof, deal was, with. Maybe, with that, maybe that was their problem. I don't know. I'm not saying one way or another with religion, but like, 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 as podcasts, uh, as as you do on dates, let's not talk about religion or politics. Right. But here's the thing, too, which was scary in the movie was like they shot a lot of stuff like at night. But again, I think the granddaughter and the granddaughter even talked about it in Unsolved Mysteries about like she heard things, she saw shadows all over the house, and in the movie they really did this, but like the movie. It was like they. She would go up to Patty Duke and be like, "Are they talking to you now too?" And it's like, "Don't let them in my room. Shut the door." And which is so funny because like I've known so many people who are like, "Yeah, I don't go to sleep with my door open." You know what I mean? Like, that's a thing I know people do. Like, like the door is gonna keep ghosts out of your room somehow. Well, I think it's like just knowing there's an abyss out there. Like when you're like looking down a dark hallway. Like, whatever you're oh, not like that, seeing. Like that scene on the Unsolved Mysteries one where the guy saw the two shadowy things, like, walking towards his... Oh, yeah. His, the bedroom or something. I forgot and he, about and he that. chased after him, and then they were just standing there in front of, like, uh, hovering above, like, where his wife was laying in bed, and he jumped yeah, through he them or something. Yeah, he attacked them because he was trying to protect his wife. And then he said, like, he felt, like, a cold, like, Sticky, deathly cold yeah. on him or in him, something like that. I was like... Like, I don't think you needed to jump on them or anything, but... But, like, it's it's one of those scary instances where it's just all the stuff is happening, and then they want to fight back at some one real, so they try to do that with a developer company, and it just got so worse for them that they basically, like, gave up. But it, it's, it's just... The story is one of those stories where if you like the movie Poltergeist, this is literally a real-life ghost story based off of living over a cemetery and poltergeist is probably one of my favorite 80s movies even like a lot of people didn't like the remake i still kind of like the remake just because i like the story i think i honestly like the story so crazy but um yeah overall if you guys need a good story that's kind of subtle i mean it's not going to be the scariest movie you've ever seen but I think knowing that it's a real story and that all these events were pretty true to life, I think you would just get a nice creep factor. Yeah. And again, it's on YouTube. Just type in Grave Secrets. It'll have a picture of Patty Do in her little garden in attire. <laughs> Furiously going to town on that, that plot of land trying to dig up some bodies. I know. Like, they want some bodies. I'll give them some bodies. <laughs> <laughs> You know, if I could, I would totally like start you know, putting clips in. Maybe, maybe if I'm really good at editing, I'll do that. But there's Patty Duke, all ripped and muscular, digging, the sweat coming off her brow. <laughs> so the uh, 
win. Yeah. The bully gets the biggest piece of cake. No. If that's the way they want it, I can play that game too. He's right. We don't have the money to play that game. I mean, the winning is everything and the hell with morality game. I'm going home to dig up some bones. But... Daughter screaming next to him, Mom, you're being crazy! I know, I love it when they have the Texas accents. It's like Matthew McConaughey when he finally does his Texas accent. Why are you the only person in this family who speaks with a Texas accent? All right, all right, ghost, we're going to get out of here. No, no, the twist is that Matthew McConaughey is the ghost. <gasps> what a twist. What a twist. He's like, all right, all right. You just see, they feel like a cold wind and you hear, all right, all right. Just feel a cold wind and just whatever uh, clone he was. Uh, Something overpowering. Yeah. Most <laughs> like, I feel like he, he gives off that impression of somebody who wears a lot of cologne. And you're like, wow. Man, but it's probably like good smelling cologne, not the cheap. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. it's probably like an expensive cologne. I'll give it that. It's probably expensive, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's good. Yeah, he probably is the type of like, oh man, now I'm just thinking Matthew McConaughey like haunting something like, <laughs> just oh, you hear just corny ass lines from like some of his movies or something like hey, that. Hey, there's some like he was good in some serious movies. Mm. Oh, great, actually, you know what I think about it? You're like, now I want to watch a Matthew McConaughey movie. One, I kind of do. I want to kind of watch you know Days and Confused. I love because if I want him to have a Texas accent, you know, you know what one I like, and and people will probably criticize me about this. Yeah, but, let's judge you. Come on, but listeners. I will say that one of the few movies I be like, okay. I don't really care much for Matthew McConaughey, but this one I like just because of the movie in general, Sahara. Ooh, you know what? I do too. Like, but that weird. actually might be more because of Steve Zahn than like Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, Steve Zahn. And even the guy who played Dwight, what's his name? Oh. Rainy Wilson was it? Rain, Rain Wilson. Yeah, Rain Wilson. Oh yeah. But um, no, actually, I I didn't. I'm Let's not pull really... Panama. He's pulling up. He, don't pull up Panama. Uh, yeah, no, I forgot about the movie, too. Yeah, okay, now I am going to watch a Matthew McCauley movie tonight. All right, all right. All right, all right. Okay. Uh, he's like, I feel like driving a Lincoln now for some reason. <laughs> oh, my God, they say on a dark western Texas <laughs> night, a Lincoln will follow you in your truck. <laughs> <laughs> you'll hear, and on a cold wind, you'll hear... I don't know. I'm only making fun because I love him so much. In the sense of now like, I, my, think, now like I, I love like, his movie. Oh, I love the Lincoln Lawyer. Like, like I really do I, enjoy uh, Michael Colony. So I, I feel like Matthew McConaughey needs to do a ghost movie now. I feel like he has. I actually, I'm going to research this. I might do it on the future. I actually think he has his own ghost story. I think he lived in an apartment with an ex-girlfriend that was haunted. So I was living. In yes, no, I remember now. I think he lived in an apartment with. Or a house with his ex, and he basically knew there were spirits there, and he basically had a conversation saying, like, He's I'm like, going to leave you alone, just leave me alone. Conaghy type of kind of thing. He's like, it's like, all right, ghosts. You know, I like, I don't hate you, and I hope you don't hate me. All right, so let's just, let's just get along and I feel like you're doing on. more Bush Jr. than Colony. Whatever. <laughs> it's, to I, quote a great man, shut up, Leslie. <laughs> Uh, well, I think, I mean, I think we're coming to the end. 
Unsolved Mysteries, I think it's a better short version if you just want to see someone tell the stories and see some reactments. If you want to sit back with some popcorn, watch The Grave Secrets, and know, unlike Poltergeist, it's based off true events. A family terrified to, for their lives. Two podcasters with nothing better to do with their time than talk about families who have been haunted by spirits. Maybe you can help solve a mystery. Unsolved mystery. An unsolved mystery. I love that show so much. How's my Robert Stack It was on point. That's why I didn't say a word. You should just do the whole podcast like that. <laughs> I think Welcome to another just... exciting episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Robert Stack. <laughs> I come from the grave. And then Vincent Price. If I could do a Vincent Price one. That would just be like, I would <laughs> no, listen no, the no, heck no, like out that. of that podcast. Vincent Price and Robert Stat just talking about weird and creepy uh, stuff. And then you got, then you have to add, um, what's his face? Orson Welles. These peas are buried and they're <laughs> dead. <laughs> what follows is a terrifying journey into the world of probate, beneficiaries, and goblins. There's no goblins! Fine! <laughs> I give you... The Living Will. And for anyone who's seen The Critic. I, Mrs. Pell's Fish Sticks. <laughs> well, okay, should we do our shout-out? Yes. So our shout-out this week is going to be some new listeners. In Berlin! Berlin! Berlin? We love Berlin. Never been to Berlin. Do we, would you like some gin? In Berlin. I think that's a win. In Berlin. <laughs> well, shout out to our special listeners in Berlin. Okay, so I actually also have to bring up another subject. I don't know if we should be continuing doing legendary listeners because I found out another podcast who do who does legends back east also calls their listeners legendary listeners. Well, you know what? Is this gonna be a West Coast versus East Coast? That's right. I ain't giving up our I ain't giving up our thing to some New Englander. <laughs> right? They have their side of the country, we got ours. <laughs> so we can all have legendary listeners? That's right, there's enough legendary listeners out there for everybody. Okay, so we'll still call them legendary listeners, but don't ever like tell the New England podcast New England Legends podcast, which is a really good no, no, podcast. You tell them. You tell them that Jay said <laughs> We You tell them. You tell them the hell's coming with me. <laughs> You tell him I'm coming, and hell's coming with me. Such a you hear me? Hell's coming with me. Love that movie. I'll be a Huckleberry. (laughs) Play for blood, remember? (laughs) Okay, so legendary listeners, hello to Berlin. We're still going to use it until these other podcasts probably figure out that. And nobody's going to. You know why? Because we're podcasters. (laughs) We're all trying. I don't think any of us has any of us have licenses for anything. We're all trying. We're all just trying to make the best of a bad situation. COVID. Okay, so take us home, Jay. This has been another exciting and super successful episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Jay, and I am Leslie. If you hear footsteps in the middle of the night in your house, just do the smart thing. Move. And then burn the house down. Oh my gosh, I was about to say, oh good, you're you're getting past your pyromaniac kind of like, let's burn the let me, house let me, down. Just burn the house down first, then you move. Collect the insurance money. 
move. We do not endorse this. Please do not listen to Jay. But kind of do. Good night. <laughs>